everybody, what's going on? The NFL draft has just concluded. Uh, a couple undrafted free agents you know, still out there getting signed as we speak. But for the most part, the flurry is over and the classes are set. A lot of interesting storylines coming out of this draft. Um, a lot of big moves made by, by a lot of teams. But I'm sure... Uh, Lee, Tom, and I will get on the horn at some point tomorrow or, or this coming week to talk about the, the draft as a whole, but I just wanted to quickly get my thoughts out about the Detroit Lions draft class for 2022. This is Brad Holmes' second draft as GM of the Detroit Lions. Also, uh, the first one, obviously, with the first-round pick from the Stafford trade. Uh, last year, they had a third-round pick from the Rams as part of that trade and took uh, Ify Melifanu, the corner from Syracuse, who dealt with some injuries uh, his rookie season, which is a little concerning because it's something he dealt with uh, at Syracuse, but also you know had a couple moments, uh, especially in the last uh, game of the season against uh, the Packers, uh, kind of played well. So that was the first pick of the Stafford Hall, and, and it continued in, in, into this draft. So let's just start at the top, man. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson goes second overall. For like the last two months, uh, Hutchinson was slated to go first overall to the Jaguars. So Hutchinson was kind of the favorite to go to the Lions up into the combine when people thought the Jags would be taking a tackle, but then they franchise tagged Cam Robinson, ended up giving Cam Robinson a, a long-term deal. They go with Trayvon Walker, the traits-based pick from Georgia. And uh, I mean, according to a lot of you know draft people, Hutchinson was was the best player in the in the draft, and he kind of falls into the lion's lap there. You know, a lot of people talk about just the the mentality of, of an Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, and, and matching with what the Lions are, are trying to do culture-wise, the type of guys they're trying to bring into the building. Um, you know, I, and I, I totally see that. I think it's a great pick. Like, I think it's a great pick. Um, you know, yes, I did have Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, you know, I thought he was a little bit better just based on the games I watched. But then I also think Aiden Hutchinson's game against Ohio State, you could potentially argue, was the best single-game performance of any prospect uh, in the draft. You know, Hutchinson also is, is a great athlete, a great athlete. Um, you know, where you kind of get concerned maybe is, you know, with his height being, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, range and, and having short arms. Uh, I think Daxton Hill, his teammate, the safety actually has like longer arms than Aiden Hutchinson and Daxton Hill is six feet tall. So there there is arm length concerns with, with Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and you say, you know, why does that matter? Well, when you're, you're playing out on the edge, you know, a lot of these – Offensive tackles in the NFL are going to have, you know, big arms and, and they can get a hold of you. And, and, you know, maybe guys with shorter arms are going to have a harder time, uh, you know, getting off of blocks or, or whatever. But also, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is, is one of the more technically sound players uh, in the draft, you know, regardless of position. So ultimately, I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a great pro. Um Time will tell if he can be, you know, a 10-plus sack guy in the NFL, and that's you know, not an easy thing uh, to to achieve. But I thought it was a great pick and, you know, was was kind of a, um, you know, a slam dunk, I guess, for, for Brad Holmes. Not, not, you know, too hard of a pick to make. 
there. So moving on to, to the big move that they made, um, I was in, in shambles when I saw the Lions trade up because I thought that they were moving up to grab a quarterback, um, you know, which obviously I've, I've said repeatedly that I don't think Jared Goff is the future of this team. At the same time, that doesn't mean that you should reach in, in a quarterback class that just wasn't good. Um, you know, the media tried to sell you on this quarterback class the entire draft process. Um, if you listen to the back judge, though, we, we've been telling you these guys are bad. And, you know, I even kind of made a prop going into the bet that I was like, and into the draft, I was like, I don't think there's going to be more than two taken in the first round. Um, there's only one, you know, that line was at three and a half. Like, so these quarterbacks from this class were not good. And I, I, I'm happy that the Lions didn't reach on one. Um, you know, now if you want to ask me about Sam Howell or, or, or Carson Strong sliding into day three and not taking a swing there, I think, you know, we have a little bit more of a conversation. But anyway, Lions trade up. I thought they were getting a quarterback. Turns out they moved up and selected Jamison Williams, the speedster receiver from Alabama. And everyone was saying, you know, this guy's the best, you know, receiver in the draft. Um, he, he tore his ACL in the national championship game. But everyone was saying, you know, he, he if not for that injury, he would be consensus number one receiver. Um, even with the injury, people were saying, you know, just take this guy. You know, ACLs aren't what they used to be. Um, he might even, you know, there's rumors that he might even be ready by week one. Um, so, you know, and if you're the Lions, it's like, you know, whatever. They're going to say what they're going to say. They know they're not really going to be competing this year either. Um, so with Jamison too, it's like, hey man, like let's not. <laughs> he's, I think he said in his his opening press conference he wants to be back by training camp, and it's like let's you know slow down and prioritize you know you being healthy for the long run. You know, we don't need you for weeks one through four. Anyways, I I'm a little iffy on on the pick. Um, more so about just the, the moving up. That far, I mean, I know that they didn't give up like a future first or anything, and they moved up like twenty spots. Um, but you you did give up the the thirty fourth pick and and your first pick in the um, third round. You know, I don't know. I I think at the end of the day, I just think there's so many holes in this roster that you know the draft at the end of the day can be a crapshoot, and you want as many swings as possible. I really like Christian Watson. He ended up being there at the end of the first round and with, you know, what their pick would have been in the end of the second round. So you could have had an opportunity to, you know, get a guy like a Lewis Seen who, who actually went 32nd to the Vikings with the Lions pick and a Christian Watson and then retain that um, that third round pick as well. So I don't know. Um, but but at the end of the day, when I was really kind of thinking about it more on, on Friday, this team has just lacked any sort of playmaker, let alone on offense, like on defense too. There just hasn't been, you know, a guy who can can break a game open um, for this Detroit team. Basically since like Golden Tate, I feel like, um, you know, you had Calvin obviously for, for so long, but then Golden Tate too would, would, you know, break the occasional play, you know, make something out of nothing. Um, I, I think, you know, Jamison Williams – is, is the guy who can catch the slant route and, you know, 99 out of 100 receivers are going to catch it and, you know, gain seven yards. And he he has that speed to to 
break angles and, and take that slant route that only he can take it all the way to the house, right? Where I get kind of concerned, it's like, hey, your starting quarterback, Jared Goff, it has one of the lowest yards per attempt in the entire league. He's basically allergic to throwing the ball um, down the field. And so now you have Jamison Williams and DJ Shark on your team, and you have a quarterback who uh, is terrified to throw the ball down the field. So, uh, you know, that's that's I kind of get more apprehensive about it when you just talk about the fit. Not that I, like, want them to be drafting receivers who fit Jared Goff or anything, but I'm just I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't know how you know, it might not look pretty in year one. I'll just I'll just kind of put it that way. And I don't know if that would that, that's not gonna mean anything maybe for the future. But you know, this this rebuild ultimately I think is gonna revolve around who they're able to to bring in at quarterback to to take this team over the top. So I do I do want to say though I think this receiver room is looking a lot better than it did a year ago. I mean, a year ago you were looking at, you know, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay departing, and then having Tyro Williams, Brashad Perriman, Quintez Cephas. You know, you didn't know we didn't know at that point what Amon Ra was going to be. Um, we didn't even really know, you know, anything about Amon Ra until later in the season, right? And so he's he's still not a for sure thing. But going into this year where you have Chark and Jameson uh, on the outsides and then Amon Ra on the slot, on paper, you know, it's not it, it's not yet an elite group of, of receivers by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's I think it's better than the Packers. I think it might be better than the Patriots. It's not it's no longer literally the worst wide receiver group in the NFL, which it, it was last year going into into training camp. So happy with with the way that room is is looking. Um, obviously, DJ Chark isn't necessarily in the long term plans yet. So so that still has to be figured out just a little bit. But um, yeah, I think Jameson Williams is, is a nice add. Um, the, the next pick was at pick 46. So this was the Vikings' original second-round pick, and, and they gave that back to the Lions in exchange kind of for those two picks, the the one at the top of the third and the uh, picks at the end of the first and the uh, beginning of the second. And this this pick of Josh Pascal to uh, of, of Kentucky, the edge player from Kentucky, was a surprise, I think, to a lot of Lions fans. Um, if you listen to the What Would I Do mock, I took Josh Pascal uh, with the 34th pick to Detroit. And, and something I've been talking about, you know, not trying to toot my own horn here or whatever, but I've been talking about this offseason. Like, don't be surprised if the Lions double up on edge in the first and the second round. Number one, because it's, it was a strong edge class. Um, you heard, you know, a lot of rumblings about oh, this draft maybe isn't as good as as past drafts. And I think for the most part that was true, but when it came to edge prospects, this this draft had a lot of really solid um, potential with, with some of these guys, and, and Pascal was absolutely one of them. He's extremely versatile, um, you know, and then he obviously, like, he checks a lot of boxes as a football player, and then you just learn a little bit more about the person. Um, you know, three-time captain, cancer survivor, um, you know, Dave Burkett tweeted that a scout told him that this guy could be president, you know, so this is the type of guy that you're bringing in um, to the to the locker room. Obviously, a guy that the Lions would probably be enamored with just from that off the field angle and, and how much they talk about building the culture. But I mean, the guy's a heck of a ball player, too. Um, I mean, he's he's going to be great against the run from day one. 
And then he also has the athletic ability to um, develop into a, a pass rusher. So I'm liking how this D-line looks right now. Um, I'm, I've stressed kind of over the last two years how important I think it is for teams to invest in the trenches. If you have a good offensive line and you have a good defensive line, it, it makes everything else easier. Um when you have a good offensive line, it just opens up the passing game and the running game, right? As opposed to, you know, trying to load up on receivers and kind of neglecting the O-line. Like, if they know you can't pass protect, then, you know, how good can your passing game really be, right? Or on the defensive line, right, if you're rushing the passer and you're stopping the run, it's going to, first of all, like, if you're a team like the Lions and you have pretty below average corners and safeties, What's going to make their life easier is a pass rush that's that's getting home, you know, most of the time that they're dropping back to pass. So you're not leaving your corners on islands for five seconds while you can't get after the passer. I mean, we saw that with, with Matt Patricia's defenses just game after game. So I, I do think it's so important to build from the trenches out, and I think that's what they've done. Um, you're going to see a defensive line this year, I think, It'll be, you know, Anwuzarike. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of the guy maybe on the bubble, but Elie McNeil is going to be your your one tech. I mean, he was pretty good last year. I think, you know, they might look at Pascal maybe at the three, um, kind of in a battle with Anwuzarike for, for that spot. But they also might put him at the five, kind of as a replacement for um, Trey Flowers. And then you're going to have... Uh, Aiden Hutchinson as, as your traditional seven technique defensive lineman lining outside, lining up outside of the tackle. Um, and then you're going to have a rotation of Julian Aquara, Romeo Aquara, uh, Charles Harris uh, as your fifth down lineman uh, potentially. So it's a lot of unproven guys. You know, that's for sure. I'm not going to say that like, oh, the Lions are going to have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. But I think... If Pascal, McNeil, and Hutchinson specifically um, pan, I, you know, I think McNeil is a good player. I think he proved that in year one. I think if if Pascal is what I think he is, um, you know, he's going to be a solid thing, a, a solid player at the five technique. Um, and then it's it's kind of on Aiden Hutchinson to me if like the line is going to be pretty good or like elite. Because if you can pair what they already have um, with an Aiden Hutchinson, who is a, let's say, an 11 to 13 sacks a year kind of guy, which, again, isn't easy, would be the upper echelon of the NFL in terms of, of that type of production. But, man, that, that defensive line would be dangerous. So some people were like, oh, I don't know why we doubled up on edge. Like, trust me, guys. Like, this is this is a really, really solid uh, pick here uh, in the second round. And then and then to round up day two, uh, they got a guy, Kirby Joseph, uh, safety from Illinois. I didn't know much about him, but Lions desperately needed another safety to go along with Tracy Walker. Um, you know, you even saw them get mocked Kyle Hamilton at, at early points uh, in the draft process. I don't think, you know, signing Deshaun Elliott changes anything with, with a need at safety. Um, I just think, like, 
if Kirby pans out, like you have him and, and Tracy Walker, and, and you're going to be okay. So that's that's kind of what my hope is, uh, just to kind of continue to solidify the back end. And hey, Kirby Joseph is a guy who, in his one season that he played safety, um, had like five interceptions, right? So he he is a guy who has gotten around the ball. The Lions, like I said, on offense with Jamison Williams getting playmakers. I mean, the Lions desperately too need someone on defense who can create turnovers. So. Um, was kind of excited about that pick. You know, we'll see what happens, right? I mean, you start getting into pick 100 area. I mean, he was pick 97. The uh, percent chance of, you know, these guys panning out gets gets lower and, and lower. So that, that kind of brings us to, to day three and what happened today. Uh, James Mitchell, tight end from Virginia Tech, thought it was kind of interesting that Holmes drafted another guy who was recovering for, from an ACL injury. So that's, that's two players from this class who are coming off of ACL tears, which... Hey, maybe, you know, you're getting value, right? Maybe because, I mean, Drake London and Garrett Wilson went before uh, Jamison Williams. If Jamison Williams didn't tear his ACL, maybe, you know, he goes eight to the to the Falcons. Um, so, but then also you're drafting a guy who is coming off an ACL tear. And what if he tears his ACL again? You know, it's, it, it's, I think we're getting to a point where like, Teams are not like caring so much about the ACLs anymore, but I, I still don't. Um, it, it, it's not. Let's throw caution to the wind, you know. But hey, uh, pick this guy who's six four two fifty. I like that at least uh, on the broadcast they were kind of saying he is um, well rounded. He's not like only a blocker or only a, a pass catcher. So we'll see with James Mitchell. Um, Lions ended up trading back a little bit. They got a linebacker from Oklahoma State. Um, in round six, pick 188, uh, kind of like a big 12 linebacker. So more of your pass defender, um, smaller kind of guy, but faster and athletic. So he seems interesting and kind of the line as something that the Lions don't have, or at least, you know, with Jalen Reeves, maybe I'm going, you, know, you kind of have Anzalone, who's maybe more of your all around type of linebacker, Derek Barnes, who's more of your thumper, and you know you bring in this guy, Malcolm Rodriguez. But hey, I mean it's a six round pick. Who knows if it'll it'll work out? Um, also grabbed a, an HBCU player, James Houston from Jackson State. He had like seventeen sacks or something for for Jackson State last year after transferring from from Florida. So hey, you know uh, we'll, we'll see. Getting another edge guy to kind of throw in here. I think it. I, I like that they're bringing in Sony, you know, edge edge players and pass rushers. I think, you know, they're they're not being necessarily fooled by what could be a flash in the pan with Charles Harris. And it's like I know they re-signed him or whatever, but it's like yeah, I I like that Brad Holmes isn't saying, oh, we think Charles Harris is the future for the edge position. Like, you know, so uh, they have you know a lot of edge guys on this team. I mean, you've got Aiden Hutchinson, Julian Aquara, Austin Bryant. James Houston now from Jackson State. Um, that's why I think they see they I think they see Pascal as as an interior guy. Um, that's why I was kind of saying I, I see Pascal kind of coming into that five technique role um, because at, at some point you can't have all defensive ends. So I think really think you know, you're going to see Pascal play play that five. McNeil play the one. Onzurike play the three. Um, you know, and they might move Pascal up and down because he did that in school. But anyway, uh, just think it was interesting. They're just keeping keeping uh, to adding edge talent. Um, and then they picked up a corner from Arizona State uh, with their last pick in the seventh round. Um, 
who, again, I, I'd never heard of him before they picked him, but apparently he's, he's played for, for a long time. Um, sixth year senior who like took an extra COVID year or whatever. Um, he's also 25, which he's like already one of the oldest lions in the cornerback room, which is just crazy uh, as a rookie. But, you know, Parnell is going to take that spot. So sorry about that. Anyway, um, overall, I, I think I'd give give the draft um, a B plus um, overall. Like I, I think they got good players, and it's just if it were me, I really I wouldn't have made the trade up. And hey, you know this will this will live on 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 the uh, internet for for eternity or whatever. I would have sat and picked at 32 and 34. Uh, again, I liked uh, Christian Watson, and he was there. Um, so I think, you know, you could have grabbed a guy like Watson and an extra position player. And, hey, maybe at the end of the day I'm going to be the idiot because I was saying that we should have taken the North Dakota State guy over the speedster from, from Alabama. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. But the, the draft overall is, like, such a crapshoot. And the Lions have so many needs. It's hard from, you know, you're, you're giving up an at-bat. You know, you're, you're giving up an extra swing uh, on a guy you know, who you like, I'm sure, right? And it, but it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a risk. And, hey, maybe, maybe it pays off. And, and I, you know, and I'm wrong. I, I hope that's the case. And, you know, I don't think, like, you know, that trading up, it's not like a disaster for the team. You know, you didn't give up your first-round pick next year or, or anything like that. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm sticking with the, the B+. Um, you know, again, I think I think by, by, get, by giving up that extra pick, you just kind of missed an opportunity to get one more player at another position um, in, the, in, in the first two days of the draft, which, again, like, I, I think Brad Holmes is a good GM, whatever. Like, most of these day three guys, like, if you're, like, a team that's competing year in, year out, like, where the Lions are trying to go, where you're kind of a perennial playoff team, like, these six and seven round picks are 50-50 shots to make the roster. And I think we're so used to, in, in Detroit, thinking, you know, oh, my God, we got a, this guy in the six round pick from Oklahoma State linebacker is going to start for us. It's like, there's a reason these players go in the sixth round. Like, it... I don't know. Like they're 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 just it's not a, a sure it's far from a sure thing in the first three rounds and once you get beyond that it's it's like scratch off tickets. So that's that's just the only thing that that really bothers me about the trade is just giving up that extra chance to bring in another player who can can make a difference on this roster um, where there's you know holes all over. And the other I guess complaint that I would have is not taking a swing on, on Sam Howell or Carson Strong uh, on day three. Uh, who knows? Maybe Carson Strong's knee is just like, like he like came back from, from war and is like given a purple heart and he can't like, I, that's like must be what it is because I'm telling you like Carson Strong to me had day two tape. Um, and maybe you can say, you know, round four, just because of him not being very mobile in the NFL, kind of moving towards mobile quarterbacks, like day four to me wasn't out of the question, but for him to fall out of the draft, he had better tape than that. Um, and it just has to be some issue with the knee, but I don't know, like to not take a swing on him 
Or, you know, Sam Howell, who, like, I don't think Sam Howell is going to be, like, very good, honestly. Like, I've, I haven't been that into Sam Howell. Um, but I do think he, he's worth taking a, a, a chance on, on on day three. I don't think he was that bad. He was another guy who I kind of felt was, like, a day two pick. Um, I just don't, I don't know. He, he, he's okay. I, he, in college, he was just like running all over the place for like a hundred yards a game. And he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my only other kind of complaint would be them not taking a swing on a quarterback just because I'm, I'm right now I'm desperately searching for signs that they don't believe that Jared Goff is the future of this organization. (laughs) Like, Oh my God. I don't know. It's like, how do you watch the games last year and, and not see it? Um, so I'm on the the last, you know, we, we've been driving on the Jared Goff road for a while. And, and the last exit now seemingly is whether or not they, um, you know, pick up his option or, or and it's not even the pick up his option, but, but use the opt out in his contract next year, which would only leave him with 10 million dead cap. And they don't have to pay him like $40 million over the next two years, which, oh, that'd be such a mistake. Um, ultimately, I think you'll see this year, especially if Jamison Williams and DJ Chark, you know, are are, are healthy um, in Amon-Ra. Like, if you get that Chark, Amon-Ra, Jamison Williams, Swift, Hawkinson, and the O-line, like, all healthy, and you see Goff with those, with that, like, group, you're going to see that he's he's just not cut. He's not cut for it, man. Um I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face just so it's on the record, but I, I, he's not the guy. And <clears throat> through two years of Holmes, we haven't seen any move um, to, to get anybody other than him. So that's that's the, the other reason why I, I kind of say this is a B plus because I would have liked to see them take a swing uh, on a quarterback in, in the later rounds. But yeah, that, that, that kind of wraps up the, the draft reaction for Detroit. Thought again, again, I think it's a solid draft. Don't freak out about Josh Paschal. He's going to be great. And, hey, you know, let's see if Hutchinson can be an elite guy. You know, it's remains to be seen. But if, if Hutchinson um, can be, you know, a top 10 defensive end in the NFL, that's going to do wonders for this team and this defense. So, was a fun draft. Always love watching it. It's great every year. Better than Christmas at this point. And uh, thanks for listening to my ramblings. Go Lions, baby. Mm-hmm.